Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Events with Benefits, a podcast designed to help nonprofit organizations raise more money, get their stress levels down, and achieve greater success at their fundraising events. My name is Danny Hooper. I'm a fundraising auctioneer based in Canada, up there. My office is in Edmonton, Alberta, and I live out in Victoria on Vancouver Island. Always happy to come down to Southern California to the world headquarters of Winspire. This is where we produce events with benefits, and my co-hosts today and co-founders of this podcast, Renee Zhao from Donation Match and Ian Loth, the Vice President of Marketing with Winspire. You found a good guest for us, Renee, in uh, Christy Saucerman. She's the founder and CEO at a company called Auction Frogs, kind of an interesting name, up there in Boise, Idaho. Oh yeah, Christy and Auction Frogs provide an end-to-end streamlined event planning platform uh, for events to be able to offer silent auctions. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because probably a little bit more than I've noticed other of our guests doing, she really calls upon a lot of the statistics that she learns um, being on the platform side that help uh events be more successful and provides a lot of advice based on that. Uh, She's also the first to offer beer to our guests if they come visit her. (laughs) That's right. You know what? We've had a lot of smart people on events with benefits episodes, but I don't know if we've ever had one uh, as smart as Christy. She used a word that was way over our heads, concentric circles. And we all kind of glazed over, but Ian Loth, you went immediately to the computer when she said that. (laughs) I think we all learned a little bit today from uh, from from her episode. But yeah, she talks a lot, a little bit about concentric circles, which I, which I thought was a great uh, kind of word drop. There got my uh, interest peaked. Uh, and concentric circles, for those of you who don't know, are circles that uh, center around the same common center. And you have your primary, you have your secondary, and you have your tertiary circles. And she talks about this in terms of the people and uh, the things and the things that influence each other uh, when it comes to these fundraising events. And I think it kind of puts it into perspective uh, in kind of an interesting way. But very smart lady, uh, has tons of great feedback in terms of running your events, so uh, definitely worth a listen. Well, I felt that we threw a lot of tough questions at her, and she didn't skip a beat. And uh, one of those questions was, how do we get tickets sold to our events? That's always on the minds of most event uh, organizers and planners. And that's where she used the uh, the concentric circle concept. So anyway, let's get started right now, and uh, we'll let her explain it all to us, Christy Saucerman. So our special guest today on Events with Benefits, Christy Saucerman, from uh, uh, all the way from Boise, Idaho. And she is the founder and CEO of a company called Auction Frogs. That is such a cool name. First of all, let's start, Christy. Where would you get the name for the company? And maybe you can tell us what you do. Sure, sure. Started it 10 years ago, and it was really just intended for taking a, a process that already existed with silent auction fundraising in my own kids' school, um, wanted to take that silent auction process into an online auction. So a uh, leap into online fundraising and auction frogs really became the name from that point forward. So it's a mobile bidding platform or, or it was in its inception? Right. It was an online auction as it started out, taking a process of silent auction and live auction into more of a um, streamlined process, opening it up to a larger audience, bidding timeframes with, an online environment rather than the silent auctions, which is typically like two hours at a gala. 
So you take that online auction and increase audiences, increase revenue by the bidding timeframes. And over the years, it's evolved from an online auction into a mobile bidding environment as smartphones became smarter. Very good. Um, maybe you can just describe auction frogs to us today. What have you evolved uh, into? Sure. Well, well, auction frogs, as it as it started out, really with uh, taking a gala fundraiser and simplifying that entire process, the end to end process. You know, they are so much work today, just with putting committees together and organizing volunteers and going out to the business community with getting the auction item donations and finding silent auction, live auctions, advertisers, sponsors, ticket sales. All of that is a lot of work. So what Auction Frogs does is really simplifies that entire process from the experience of an event planner or from the perspective of a, an event coordinator that's put those events together time and time again over the years um, and created a platform that accelerates that process for the coordinator and for the volunteers and even for the guests as they attend by taking processes that already exist in that environment of silent auction planning that usually takes a nine months, similar to like birthing a baby, really. <laughs> you take that entire process and you have a fundraiser at the end of this time frame. And the platform that we created really helps to streamline those processes with the auction item entry to bid sheet generation to selling tickets and tables and table assignments in the system from a website that's created for the organization hosting the gala, as well as providing the integration into the social media to uh, or social channels to help accelerate the advertisements or the exposure to the website, bringing new audiences and new eyeballs to bid on additional items that are listed in the website. Um, the inventory management helps to acquire bids pre-bid before the event so that if the client is using bid sheets, those numbers are generated and printed before they're actually um, set out on the table for people to bid on. She can acquire bids beforehand. Um, and streamlines that process for checking guests in with a bid number assignment and um, expedited check-in with saved credit cards ahead of time. Once the guests are in the door, the clerking of the silent and the live auction with the bid sheets, um, the buy it now, the fund to need, that entire end-to-end -end process is streamlined in a really simple platform for the organizers to quickly check guests in and out with the clerking in between. Wow. Um, over the years, <laughs> go ahead. So you've had 10 years experience doing this. Uh, maybe let's talk for a moment about what are some of the um, hot new trends that you're seeing in the gala world out there or just in the world of fundraising in, in general? Sure. Um, you mentioned uh, earlier about mobile bidding. We are a mobile bidding engine for that entire process as well. So one of the trends lately has been this mobile bidding um, environment where you eliminate the bid sheets. You eliminate the need to acquire the bids ahead of time or even at the event and then pulling the bid sheets for all the clerking. It takes time to do that and it ultimately eliminates the amount of time for bidding as well as the audience, frankly. So mobile bidding really increases the revenue opportunities because you can now have your bidding start before people show up at the event and then it ends at the very end of the event and you can run that for maybe a week or even five hours or whatever is comfortable to the client. But you do that and you're increasing the bidding, bidding audience because of the text messaging outbid notices. No longer do you have to show up at the event, go right down on a piece of paper, 
your highest bid amount and go sit down or socialize with your friends. The next thing you know, you've only placed one or two bids. But with mm-hmm. mobile, you can get outbid notices instantly. You can have push notifications, remind people the highest bids or the most popular bids or bids or items without bids. And so it becomes really engaging in a world of everybody having a cell phone in their hand at all times. And this way, too, if grandma and grandpa are in Arizona and they're unable to attend the event because of geography, they can now participate without having to physically be in the same room. Well, that's an interesting point. What kinds of results are you seeing? Are you seeing a spike or an uptick in the, uh, in the results on the silent auctions from the mobile bidding platform? We are, uh, for a number of reasons, really. Not only the increased audience and the increase of time frame of bidding, but now you're able to offer a larger bidding inventory because typically at a silent auction, you're pretty limited, really, with the amount of items you can put out on a table. So you end up basketing all these items and you make these massive packages valued at, say, $400 or $150. Or rather, you can individually list all these different items to increase the amount of money that you're going to be making on the individual item instead of the basket, which ends up only getting half of its value typically. So with the mobile bidding, with the increased audience, increased bidding time frame, we're seeing somewhere between 30 to 40% increase based on year-to-year comparisons from going silent auction, limited audience, limited time, to mobile bidding, increased audience, increased amount of time, and the exposure through social media. It's been incredible. Now, uh, can people use your platform as well to, um, uh, if they want to just make a cash donation? They can. They can. And again, very simple, because um, whether they're at home in another state or in the room itself, the fund a need or the tool to just acquire the cash contributions is a very simple way and measurable as well in real time. So a thermometer captures all of the fundraising dollars um, that's been that night's fundraiser. You can watch the thermometer. You can get everybody in the room to say, okay, everybody get on your phone, $10, and it increases that thermometer. You can see it in real time on your phone as well as projected. But in addition to the um, capturing just a cash contribution outside of that gala environment, the other division of auction frogs is called Raise It Pro. Raise It Pro is a crowdfunding um, function so that you can do this in the school, in the teams like athletic organizations, in scholastic programs, or the fundraiser itself, or even a 5K golf tournament, where you can just have a platform for competitive uh, contributions from people to earn up to the maximum goal that's offered. Now, what, what do you what do you call that again? Raise It Pro. It's a division of Auction Frogs. Raise It Pro, powered by Auction Frogs. Okay. <laughs> So just kind of walk us through that again. That sounds kind of interesting. And, of course, here on Events with Benefits, we're always looking for what's what's new um, and looking for uh, new exciting revenue streams and income streams for our listeners. So uh, let's just talk a little bit more about Raise It Pro and how it works. Okay. Um, you get a, you get a um, football team together, for example. Football team, the coach puts together a letter and all of the players – uh, send out the email to all of their friends and family saying, hey, mom, dad, sister, brother, neighbor, friends, uncles, help us raise money because we're trying to put in a new gym floor in the gymnasium or new equipment for a football team. And that letter goes out through an email campaign. Those parents or friends or families or neighbors go onto the website that's given in the letter, all electronically. It could also be text. 
and they land on the website where they see the reason for the fundraiser, and then they can easily enter their credit card and their name. So it increases their revenue very quickly. Um, because you know, so many times these small, whether it's athletic organizations or scholastic programs, they're constantly trying to raise money, whether it's selling cookie dough or wrapping paper or candles or discount gift cards or whatever it is. The parents, friends, and family and people that are supporting that kid's efforts to help raise money for this program, you know, if they just had an opportunity to write a check or give some cash or put a reoccurring uh, charge on their credit card annually to help support the program, they'd much rather do that knowing that their cash is going towards that program as opposed to buying something that they may or may not really need. Exactly. Now, let's talk about Auction Frogs here. Uh, you've got a great website at auctionfrogs.org. Uh, um, when you make initial contact with your company, uh, how are you going to guide uh, um, potential clients or, or prospects through this process? Where do, you, where do you start with people? All right. Well, we, um, we have them go onto the website, and we have a uh, getting started guide, where it's downloadable guides for how to um, some tips and tricks on how to facilitate their existing fundraisers, or if they want to sign up for a demo to see the product in action, they can do that. Um, but then also we can contact them for a live interactive demo and show them through screen sharing, um, give them some consulting and some guidance on what they're currently doing and how maybe our platform would best fit for their next fundraiser to help simplify or facilitate or streamline their fundraiser. Um, they can contact us directly, fill out our form, and we would be right back in touch with them, and they have some valuable tips and resources available to them at that time. What are some of the biggest problems that you see uh, occurring out there in the nonprofit space right now when people are putting events together? Um, you know, I, I think oftentimes people have lofty goals. And they say, we need to make $200,000, and we're going to do it in three months because we have lots of volunteers and businesses that want to donate. Now, the reality is it takes time for creating a campaign, a fundraiser, and it's about putting strategies together and understanding the audience and putting together a, a well-designed fundraiser relative to sponsorships and selling tables and creating the cause messaging. The cause marketing messaging is a big deal. The reason for the fundraiser and having the community support that or um, selling the tickets and creating the 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 support behind whether it's the board of directors or parents at the school or dedicated volunteers to facilitate all at the same time a proactive approach to um, raising the money, the awareness, and getting the items for the donations that would otherwise be bid on at the event itself. But fundraisers take time. Uh, they take time to really put together an effective campaign to really kick something off but oftentimes, people have super lofty goals. It'll be super easy and no problem. We can do it quick. But reality is, it does. It takes it takes time to put that together. Yeah, ideally, how much advanced time do you want leading up to event night? Well, I mean, it depends on if they're calling auction frogs to say, hey, we have an event um, in two weeks. Can you help us? Oh, we certainly can. We can put together the technology and the platform to help facilitate what they've already got in place, no problem at all. It takes us maybe 24 hours turnaround time to get the site up and fully functional for them. But ideally, any kind of fundraiser that takes proper planning from the logistical standpoint uh, relative to committees working together to facilitate table sales and auction donations, that usually takes anywhere from six 
months, depends on how much they're trying to raise, six months, seven months, effectively. All right. But what? in terms of the auction frogs in a relationship, that, that only takes a, a very little time to get us up functional with the team. One of the uh, one of the big questions we we are asked uh, uh, all the time is how do we sell tickets to our event and how do we sell tickets to the right people and how would you respond to that? Um, I I would look at it in terms of concentric circles. Really, the primary circle that an organization would look at is their immediate. Um, family or community that supports the organization, parents, for example. Parents at the school would be the primary circle for a school's fundraiser. Uh, foundation, that might be their board of directors. Or for um, a zoo, it might be their members of the organization. So you look at it with the first layer is your immediate circle. The secondary circle to that would be who knows who within your immediate circle, so meaning your board members. Who can they reach out to? They, who do they work with? Who do they know well? Who do they know as other philanthropists in the community they can call up on their cell number and just be able to talk about their cause and say, hey, you want to go? Um, or reaching out to one or two people from each individual within that primary circle for that extended audience. And then beyond that, it would be that tertiary circle. To me, that's your community. Those are the people who are related to your cause, but it's more like a six degrees of separation. It's more of the people who are familiar and want to support. If it's a school, for example, this would be your neighborhood. This would be people who want to see the school thrive, but they don't necessarily have kids attending. Or it's the zoo. This is the past members who have an emotional connection to wanting to keep the zoo uh, fully funded, uh, but they don't necessarily have the young kids that they take to the zoo anymore. Or if it's um, some other um, foundation, this would be people who are affected maybe by the um, benefits of the organization's mission. So you have these different layers of people of who knows who and tapping into those audiences by having your primary audience be your driver into facilitating the cause messaging to get the interest from these other people. But ultimately, you can't just set a message out on a press release or Facebook saying, hey, join us. It's about who knows who and it's relationships. And it's a critical part to capturing the emotional connectivity to the reason behind the fundraiser. But it comes down to people. Boy, and I think that's, that's yeah, the it, critical piece. It, isn't that the truth? Now, uh, what advice would you have when, um, when you're talking to a potential client? They say, oh, we're going to, uh, <laughs> and you're talking about ticket sales. They say, oh, we're going to uh, sell tables. Um, so when we're sure. selling table tickets or selling entire tables, what advice might you pass along to your clients? The best thing I always say is have a table captain and maybe identify 12 or 18, again, depending on the size of your organization and what your fundraising goals are. But have a, a predetermined number of table captains. And those table captains are the ones who are going to reach into their own family and their network of people to get them to attend the event with them by purchasing a seat at their table. So table captains are very effective, and oftentimes your table captains are either people on your committee or board members or critical people as a part of the mission of the organization. Maybe it's a principal or it's a teacher at the school or it's your parent PTA um, or presidents of organizations or even supportive businesses that are sponsors. It's your sponsors like your, your big businesses that would bring employees or other individuals to help support the cause with them. 
All great stuff. Uh, I, I really appreciate you you coming on here. Um, as far as um, consignment items go, I, you know, I know you're familiar mm-hmm. with with Winspire here and and what we offer. What do you What are your recommendations to events who are interested in in offering you know travel in their in their uh, live or silent auctions? So I I'm an advocate of those consignment items for sure, um, particularly when you can put that into a live auction. Um, there, there's a couple different ways I like to recommend those consignment travel trips. And one is um, having a live auction with maybe two of those consignment trips built into their live auction catalog, but in destinations that are relevant to your audience. You know, like if you're a Southern California school, um, having a, a Disneyland package isn't going to be all that great for somebody who lives in that area, but maybe you want to have Disney World in Orlando. So you put something like that that's relevant to your audience, but then not only have that consignment trip that's a package just straight from Winspire or from other organizations, you want to actually couple it with other things like restaurants or additional experiences or additional, uh, maybe it's Mickey Mouse ears or some other plush toys that go with it with the package in addition to what's being offered through the consignment catalog to give it more of a value proposition, not just flights and hotel, but couple it with other things that really matter to the, um, to the ultimate experience of that, of that trip that's being auctioned off. So that's one of the critical pieces that I believe really make those consignment trips successful because you can get those anywhere, anytime, but it always depends on what that value is in addition to what that experience is, I think. Well, you know, we get uh, clients from time to time, and now I speak from the point of view, I'm a fundraising auctioneer, and I I speak from the auctioneer's point of view, but it's interesting, my clients lots of times are reluctant to uh, use a consignment item. They say, no, unless it's a pure donation, we're not interested. Uh, And and it behooves me, I don't understand why they would take hours and hours to go out and solicit a silent auction item (laughs) that they're going to maybe make $400 on. Uh, a basket or something when they can with one consignment item you can easily make a thousand fifteen hundred or or more so it's just funny the way people think it's true it's true um you know the other thing that is really successful is having an entire inventory of these unique experiences in an online auction form so in an online auction format i mean so meaning have 12 different unique trips and and oftentimes I illustrate that same example to these clients who want to package them up with additional unique experiences above and beyond what's offered in those Windspire trips. And they become exponentially successful because there's more value to it than just the hotel and the trips. And it takes, gosh, maybe collectively 12 hours to put together 12 trips with additional items listed in there. And it really increases their value tremendously in an online auction and run it for maybe a month or two weeks, tying in social media, tagging people, tagging organizations, or even pre-sold trips, knowing that somebody is already planning on going to Napa Valley. And you can put together a Napa Valley trip and tag that person saying, I know you're headed out there in October, knowing that they're either planning on it or you're tapping into that audience, their friends on Facebook and getting additional people interested in it because their friends are. And when you can emotionally tie into other people for other reasons, people are going to pay attention. It's not just a sales pitch of, oh, bid on this. 
So there, there's a whole lot of strategies behind how to really maximize those opportunities with getting consignment items into the hands of these, um, this audience that you don't even really know exists when you can tie in your online auction and social media, but then also at that live auction itself, it's unique. It's not just a trip. It becomes a trip, and it's orchestrated by somebody who you know in that community, say it's Orlando. A resident of Orlando is going to have some great ideas on some unique things to do, and they can put that together for you, whether it's a rent some bikes and go down Alligator Row or something like that. Exactly. <laughs> That's my only, you just don't even know until you start tapping into those concentric circles of people that you know well enough that you can ask for some help from. Well, you make a very good point. You know, as a fundraising auctioneer, I always say to my clients, I say, never underestimate the amount of money that's in the room at an event. There's always far more money than what you uh, anticipate. And I can easily prove that to people. You know, we talk about a thing called lost bids. And that's where, you know, we have our clients take a look at the live auction. We know how much money we made in the live auction, but what about those second high bidders, the people that didn't have anything to buy? You know, there's only one successful. That's a lost bid. And when you total the number of lost bids up uh, in an evening after an event, that amount of money is overwhelming. And then go do that on your silent auction, and that can really be an eye-opener for you as to how much money is in the room. But I think a point that you're making that's very uh, valuable here today is that don't underestimate the size of your audience uh, it is more than Correct. the 250, 300, 400 people sitting in the room at the gala uh, through social media well, and, and platforms like your own at, at Auction Frogs. Um, it's potentially a, a much, much larger audience than the number of people actually sitting Correct. in the room. And that's something we really need to be aware of. And today you need these, this technology, you need these tools to reach out to, to those people. That's right. To that point, though, with your 250 and 300 people example, but really the reality is, you only have 125 or 150 wallets in the room. Mm -hmm. But not even that, because there is a a fair percentage, a 20% you can easily attach, that says 20% of your audience, those wallets sitting in the room, they either have to leave early, they can't afford to be there, they were a guest of somebody, they don't really have a connection to the cause, they don't have a reason to buy something there. So, you know, of the 125, all of a sudden, you've got 100 wallets in the room. Mm-hmm. And now you've got your silent auction. Now, how many items in the room do you have for your silent auction? Oftentimes they have 200 items mm-hmm. for 250 people. But when you look at it as a wallet base and you say, gosh, I have 100 wallets in the room that will probably buy something. And if you have half that amount of silent auction items, have 50 items, you've just created demand. Mm-hmm. Now you have even fewer. Think about your fund needs, your buy it nows, your live auction, your silent auction. You really have to tie into and tap into those wallets that are in, not necessarily just the people that attend. So when you can exponentially grow that audience or the opportunity for bids through social media, you've really created a winner. Yeah, we talk about that a lot in terms of breaking up your audience into tiers, right? And you know, I love what you say. Obviously, you know that those buying units are crucial. You know, you want to cut your audience in half because that's typically how many wallets you have in the room. Then there's, like you said, twenty percent who are going to leave early, probably aren't going to be participate. Minimum participants, maybe they'll buy a raffle ticket, and then you know that remaining hundred wallets. Uh, sometimes it can be you know as low as fifty to hundred wallets. You know, only a percentage of that is going to be actually participating in your live auction. That's your top tier spenders that are going to be able to spend yeah. three, four, five thousand dollars and beyond. You know, that, yeah. So you're only talking about ten or twenty wallets in the room that are actually going to be in your live auction. And that's why we talk about right. identifying those ten to twenty 
wallets or 10 to 20 couples and then catering your live auction to them, making sure that you are following up with them before the event, finding out where they want to go, what they want to do, what sort of experiences they might be interested in, and then catering the selection of auction items to those people and, mm-hmm. and making sure that you have some overlapping interests so that you create that demand, create that, that bidding war uh, in the room during the live auction. So I love how you're breaking down those numbers uh, of your audience. I think that's absolutely crucial. Oh, it is. And it just shows time over time, year over year, the increase in the amount of fundraising each time, particularly even if you can be a little more strategic and drill down a little further down that rabbit hole with that audience and know who's attending, especially parents, right? You've got your schools. These are the easiest ones where you send out a survey. Hey, what are you looking to buy in the next year? Are you looking at landscape projects? Do you have new appliances you want to purchase? Are you painting your house? Are you looking to move? Do you have, and look at those high ticket dollars. You know, where are you planning on travel for any spring break plans? Where can we help get donations that you'd be interested in buying or committing to or appealing to? Um, Now at this fundraiser, knowing that in the next 12 months, there will be this type of a purchase. So you can get a lot of that interest from a survey very quickly from drilling down into an audience especially schools, because now, as I say, with the silent and the live auction, you can incorporate mobile bidding, but now leading up to that actual gala fundraiser, have an online auction and make it run for 14 days a month before your actual gala event. So you can start to really gauge and promote, co-promote even your online auction and that same audience, you're going to have them uh, be interested in the gala fundraiser or the flip side. So, Christy does, your plat- Christy, does your platform actually uh, send out surveys, or what platforms do you recommend people use for sending out a survey? I'm a big fan of SurveyMonkey, personally. It's an easy-to-use, free survey platform, um, and it's, it's a very quick and easy um, service that's used um, that I personally really advocate for. Okay, terrific. Um, but that survey asking those questions are critical. Yeah, and to that point, I, I think we really need to underscore the importance of nonprofit organizations really collecting, uh, building their list, you know, keeping track of who's at your event. Make sure you're gathering those emails if you can get cell phone numbers or if you get phone numbers and stuff. And just uh, the more ways that we have to stay in contact with our supporters throughout the year, uh, we're able to send out, you know, important text messages breaking news newsletters and things like that but uh, that's really something that nonprofits across the board can probably be working harder at and doing a better job of well an auction frogs platform certainly focuses on that in the acquisition of the table sales or the ticket sales acquiring that information from um, the, the guest who's buying the ticket online they pay for their credit card or with their credit card online that also transfers over. So when they check in, all of that information is there and ready in the database um, that they've filled out when they purchase their ticket. Or if they're bringing a guest and they, the table, for example, only had two guests attending knowns, then the rest of them would show up at the event and give their information as well. But that's a part of our educational piece to help nonprofits or organizations understand the value of that data. It isn't just for checking them in and out. You want to acquire as much information as possible to build up your data year to year because the information in our system transfers over and helps with that donor management relative to the gala fundraisers or whatever else that they're engaged in. 
Well, Christy, you obviously have a lot of experience and are very passionate uh, about fundraising. You've got some great ideas that we've shared in our conversation here today. And if people want to continue this conversation, how can they go about reaching you? Uh, They can go to auctionfrogs.org and fill out our getting started platform with all of their information for us to get in touch. We can uh, schedule a demo or uh, they can just email me directly at uh, christy at auctionfrogs.org. Very good. Now, just just before we cut you loose, we always like to put our guests on the spot at the end of each interview and see if they have a special offer that uh, you might consider making to our listeners here on Events with Benefits. Oh, certainly. Um, Anyone that uh, says that they heard this uh, interview, I would give them $100 off their um, next event. And if they come to Boise, Idaho... uh, If they come to Boise, Idaho, would you take them for a craft beer? <laughs> Absolutely. Pay it, Brewing Company, a favorite. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Christy. Well, you've been a delight to talk with and or to speak to today, and uh, thank you very much for joining us on uh, Events with Benefits. We hope that you'll you'll push this episode out to uh, all of your contact base uh, so more people can benefit from the knowledge that you've shared with us here today. Oh, absolutely, Wood. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time. I, I hope this is a, hope this is a value to people. And we'll look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks for listening to the show this week. For show notes, special offers, or to listen to previous episodes, you can visit us at eventswithbenefits.com. Please also consider subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. And if you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and write us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at hosts at eventswithbenefits.com. We'll see you next time.